All right, Jenna Ben, welcome to the show. What's going on, Mikey? So for those of you that don't know, uh, Jenna is a good friend of mine from Los Angeles, and she has a podcast, and she has done a fantastic job, big fan of the sport, done a fantastic job interviewing many, many fighters, uh, including the heavyweight champ Nganu to start with, um, and then many, many others. You could probably list a lot more. Carlos Condit, Uriah Hall. You had, at one point, uh, like five fighters on the same on the same broadcast, and you were asking them all questions, and they were holding signs yeah. up, and like, so for everybody that's like uh, looking for interviews that are non-journalistic style, like mine, um, but in a different way than I do them, uh, especially from a perspective that's very different, especially from a female to a male, there's a different chemistry there. Uh, check out Jenna Ben on YouTube and her Instagram, the Jenna Ben Show. She uh, has a fantastic show and does a great job of interviewing fighters and opening them up to in a way that you. Uh, can see them for something other than them talking about training and fighting all the time like these journalists do. Well, wow, that was quite the introduction. Thank yeah. you. Should we tell your audience how we met? Uh, yeah, it was at an event with Chuck Liddell, right? It was... Uh... <laughs> so, okay, it's, it's significant to me because you're the first fighter I've ever met way before I got into this. So it was, um, so in LA, Rock and Riley's, you know, it's no longer, but they used to do the St. Patty's Day festivals. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, there was like the regular section and the VIP section. And so I'm like going through the VIP section. And then I don't know, I think I saw Russell Peters first. R and yeah. then, and then we started talking, we ended up spending the whole day together. And then JJ Soria, he was cool. Yep. Arnold Chan. And then you, and then like, I don't know, it just kind of flowed. And then we all went to eat after and we stayed in touch. And that was like, what, how many years ago? It was quite a while. I wish I knew offhand. It must have been <laughs> th uh, three years at least. It, more than three. Because we've been four. in lockdown for a year and a half. So that, that just gobbled up yeah. one year right there. <laughs> Uh, and then JJ Sorian, a great actor from uh, Gentified, um, Ad uh, Arnold Chan, a stuntman from Hollywood who's been in everything, uh, who who actually everything. has was was uh, the one who recruited one of the ones who recruited Tyron Woodley into MMA and helped uh, yeah. coach him and gave him a lot of boxing training, which we will get into here here later on. And then uh, Russ Peters, no introduction there, one of the most famous comedians in the world. Um, yeah, so that was that was a cool event, and uh, yeah, it was fun. So the cool thing about that relationship with Arnold Chan, so we stayed in touch and then, so Arnold trained both Tyron Woodley and Uriah Hall. Yep. Uriah's gloves are hanging here in my studio. Nice. Um, it's just crazy how like everything's come full circle. And then on top of that, Arnold Chan is the one that took me to Antonio McKee's amateur fight night in Long Beach at the Metroflex. Tone is, whose gloves are hanging right here, him and AJ's. Um, he's actually kind of the person that really influenced me in this direction. Cause I cool. was like, you know, I took over the show that I started with a co-host and didn't really know what direction to take it. And then tone was like, well, here, why don't you just interview my fighters? And I was like, okay. And then before you know it, I'm getting credentialed with, with Bellator and the UFC and here we are. So shout yeah. out to Arnold Chan. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Big shout out to him. I'm sure he's going to be coming up a lot more now with Tyron Woodley fighting Jake Paul. Um, big, yeah. biggest news. I mean, I, I guess it's uh, not an MMA headline. The first couple, some somewhat the second one, but Mayweather versus uh, Logan Paul just happened. I think you caught the recap yeah. on that or some highlights. We were getting ready for the show. It, it literally just finished like 30 minutes ago before we started this. Um, 
But uh, I mean, I watched the whole thing and my takeaway from it is this. I mean, like, I'm not trying to be negative or, or, or I guess I am being negative, but I'm not trying to be a, a hater, but I'm, I'll never pay for another Mayweather fight and I'll never pay for another Logan Paul fight for the rest of my life. They would, they would, have, they, they would <laughs> not Mayweather in any way, because there's just no way he's going to do anything spectacular from this point on. Um, though he did great in the fight. He looked fantastic for 44 years old. I will say that, but, yeah. um, it's just he's looking for money now. He's looking for paydays and, and being an entertainer. And he just carried Logan the entire time. Um, and then Logan, because Logan would have to do something substantial. I mean, he, he was absolutely completely gassed out to where he couldn't even stand. He had to hang on the ropes after the third round. And this is boxing. Mind you, these are three-minute rounds. And all he did was yeah. punch. Uh, Mayweather didn't even throw a punch. Like He threw a couple punches. You can count on one hand how many punches he threw um, in the first few rounds. Like You can tell he was trying to get him tired, let him punch himself out. And I was hoping to he was doing that to try to knock him out later on. And we get this vicious right. knockout when, when Logan's tired. He wore Logan out. Logan got tired, exhausted. I mean, he was just completely exhausted from punching himself out. I think his percentage of landed punches was less than 20%. It was something like 17% or something like that. Um, oh my God. He, he compl- I mean, I've never seen a, uh, in a boxing fight someone hit air so many times. Um, but when, when Logan got tired, he did, Mayweather didn't step it up. And, and the thing was Mayweather didn't, to me, the reason I'm saying I would never pay for another Mayweather fight is because this was his opportunity to step it up. I mean, I mean, Logan was trying to knock his head off a couple of times. It wasn't like an agreement where it's like, okay, guy, let's not knock each other out kind of thing. He did throw for the, the, the cheap seats and, uh, just missed, but Floyd wasn't even tired at the end of the fight. And I felt like if for the money that he made and for the money we paid, he should have put in more work. You know what I mean? Like he should have, he should have been more tired. He should have went after it a little bit more. He should have picked it up and he's just making easy money right now. And he's a businessman, but he just ruined his career. I think right now in this fight, because I don't think there's anyone out there he can fight. That's going to be interesting enough. That's going to make anyone pay for, for a Mayweather fight. He's 44 years old. He, he didn't put any effort into it. And if you're not going to go out there and make this kind of money and put any effort at all into it, when there's guys, as you know, on a lower level in MMA and in boxing that are fighting their hearts out, you know, in blood, sweat, yeah. and tears for no amount of money or for very little m- amount of money, it's like it makes you just not want to support someone like that again, you know. Uh, and Logan's, got, Logan's basically going to live on the whole, I survived eight rounds with the best boxer in the world. He's going to live on that and claim it as a victory and think he's better than he is. He's not. He's not yeah. a good boxer. I mean, he's, he's just not. His hands were down the entire time. I mean, he should have been knocked out 50 times over again. Like the whole last half of the fight, he didn't even put his hands up at all, like a, at all to block a single pot. Like it was just, he just hung on top of uh, Floyd trying to get him, trying to tie him up. And, and it was just, he's not a good boxer. And, and, and I don't think he has the potential, to be honest. I think Jake has more potential. Um, but I think Jake's going to be in the same predicament because these guys do train hard together and he got tired really, really fast. And this is what I was saying about the Askren fight. If Askren could have fought longer, Jake was going to have to see what it's like to be a fighter and actually fight and dig deep and realize that you're going to get a lot more tired in a fight than you are sparring and then you are in the ring. And that didn't happen. He's never had a fight push him to the limits where he fought a real fighter who could, I mean, Ben is a real fighter, but not a real striker. Um, and, and Logan did, and it showed. It showed that you get tired really, really fast. And if he gets tired like that against uh, Tyron, it's going to be a, a short night for him. Well, I can tell you as an amateur boxer, that's right. I've been training Mikey. Yeah. Um, 
it is exhausting. Or now you're a, you're a pro, okay? And a lot of people watching, I think, are are probably more like me than like you, right? And have have a, maybe have dabbled, right? And I can tell you that it is the burning sensation <laughs> that comes yeah. from you know like first probably three rounds I'm okay, but then after that I start to really feel it and. Um, you know, it's a lot. And so I don't know how long Logan's been training for, but I'm not surprised that he was gassed. And I just, I was like, did you see the stats on um, like the differences between them? I mean, obviously there's a huge age difference, but they couldn't be more different. Okay. So 44 years old to 26 years old, right. a record of 50 zero versus zero one. Um, Mayweather's got 27 knockouts. He's 5'8". Logan's 6'2". Reach is four inches apart, but uh, 35 pounds apart. Yeah. This was like, this was not a good match, yeah. right? And I kind of agree. Like, you said that Mayweather's career is over just because I think it's over. If it's over, it's more likely that it's over because he picked, and, and not to be disrespectful, but kind of like, the lowest you can pick. He yeah, didn't pick an athlete. Course, he picked yeah. a YouTube star. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, like how is, how is anyone above Logan going to want to take that seriously? I don't know. But then again, he is Mayweather. So yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would want to go up against him, but he did acknowledge that this was about the money for him in one form or another. Cause he's like, Oh, I already made my money in publicity leading up to this point before the fight. So yeah. I mean, now I see why these guys are boxing. I mean, like, you know, boxing three minute rounds, you know, he's getting tired in two rounds, three rounds, you know, that's, that's three minutes. I mean, four or six minutes, uh, you know, six minutes, uh, nine minutes, you're exhausted from just punching only. Like there's a reason these yeah. guys aren't doing MMA. Like, you know, you go out there for right. five straight minutes. It's a whole different ball game. You know, when you're wrestling, yeah. grappling, kicking, punching, kneeing, elbows, you know, clinching everything else for five straight minutes without a break. Um, Logan would have been dead and he couldn't have made it out, the, out for the second round it, it, with his conditioning. So that's where I'm saying his conditioning is out there. And I think, I think uh, Mayweather put it good at the very end of the fight. He said he's good. You know, he, he gave him credit, which of course he made a lot of money. He's going to give the guy credit and he's going to do, you know, make it sound good for, for Logan because, uh, you know, Logan looked horrible. Um, but at the same time, you know, the, the, he was, he said that, you know, yeah, he has potential, but not against guys his size. And, and that's true. And so he would have to lose a significant amount of weight and train significantly harder because, I mean, a boxer getting tired in two or three rounds at three minutes is, 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 is crazy. That's, that's so unathletic. And he's going to, like I said, he's going to hold this as a victory for himself. Um, and for a YouTuber, absolutely all the respect in the world for getting in there and fighting with Mayweather and, and even getting in there and taking those punches and fighting. But if he's if he, in the realm of him trying to say he's a boxer and he's taking it serious and, you know, he's an athlete and he's good enough to train and fight with, with, with the best of them, he's far off from that. You know, he would have to make significant changes. And I just don't think mentally he has it. He looked like he was going to – I mean, he, he, he just looked broken. I mean, to me, at the end he showed off a little bit when he knew it was over and, and finished the fight trying to show off and showboat. But, yeah, I hated that I paid for that. And that's not a good look. That's never a good look to me. I, I mean, again, no disrespect, but I found it a little bit cringy seeing like, like all of the machismo and like, just, you know, like I'm the shit kind of vibe. I'm like, you know, humble yourself a little bit. Yeah. 
I prefer, but that's just my vibe in general. Like I like people who are humble and work hard and I have so much respect for just about everyone who's been on my show because they've been studying the craft and training their entire lives. And like, they've dedicated themselves to the sport. They're not, you know, coming up for the spotlight, acting like they're the best thing ever, you know? Yeah. And, and the thing Without is, he, in the work, I, mean. I was, I wish, I wish Mayweather had a humbled him. He didn't, he did, but he didn't. Right. He humbled him because he looked horrible and he, and he got picked apart right. and he looked like he had no business being in there. But for someone like uh, Logan, who has so many yes men around him, he'll never see that. He'll never, he'll never understand yeah. how bad his fight was. He will literally think his fight was great and and they did good. And so I think he's going to get humbled very, very fast because what's going to happen is this is going to boost his confidence, and then he's going to fight somebody who is bigger and and who's a little bit more danger, you know, a little bit more dangerous than the guys he's been fighting because he's just fought Floyd Mayweather. So his confidence is going to be an all time high. And then he's going to get punched by somebody his own size. And now we know Mayweather isn't known for strong punching. We know he's not known for, you know, these, these one punch knockouts and power punching. And then he's fighting a guy 34 pounds bigger than him, more reach. And he was still connecting. But I mean, it's not shocking that he didn't knock him out in the first couple rounds, even though I think he very well could have if he pushed it in the later rounds. So I think it's only a matter of time till till Logan gets humbled a little bit. Um, it's not going to happen now. Jake Paul was on the side. And, and he was just saying that Logan was winning the whole time. You know, of course, he's so delusional. And, and, and I love seeing that because when he, gets, when, when he gets in there with Tyron and he sees what it's like to fight a real striker who has power and who has conditioning and is going to be putting that same pressure that, that Floyd put um, and, and it's a real fight, he's going he's gonna to feel the same way and it's not going to feel good except Tyron has power. Tyron can put you out fast. So anyway, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. You have any more questions on uh, Mayweather versus uh, – Floyd, I don't think there's much else to talk about it. I just regret paying for it. When you know ahead of time that there isn't going to be a winner. Yeah, that like too. You, <laughs> that ruins it. Like you just paid 50 bucks to see a play, you know, <laughs> like I don't, yeah. I, there, it, the fans want a definitive outcome or a knockout or so, you know what I mean? Like that kind of sucks. Yeah. And then, and then like there were knockouts. Uh, you know, they allowed knockout, so I figured that was a chance we were hoping for. Yeah. But I mean, there was no chance Logan was going to land anything significant on Mayweather. I mean, he 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 was punching air like like nobody's business. Um, and again, Mayweather's 44 years old. So anyway, that's 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 honestly all you can say about this fight. There's going to be a lot of people pissed off that 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 Floyd didn't put in more effort and and try a little bit harder because anybody with any knowledge whatsoever in their head about fighting knows that it was a just super easy fight for Floyd. Logan did horrible. And no matter what Logan says and his team and the, all the guys around him, it was a horrible fight. It, and it showed that he's nowhere near, near a level to fight anybody, even on an amateur level, that's a real boxer. That, that's his size, mm -hmm. you know, that's going to go mm -hmm. out there and hit him as hard as he hits back. All right, fellas, you want to help the podcast? Here's your opportunity. You can save 20% now and get free shipping on the best below-the-waist men's grooming products on the market by going to manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. Today, use code QUICK. That's my nickname, not how you use the product. And you get 20% off free shipping. It's a win-win for everyone. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels and now they're available in Europe, Canada, and Australia. And yes, I actually use these products. I'm getting more shipped right now. I got the Manscaped bag here, got the preserver, got the reviver. Mm -hmm. 
the reviver, the crop mop, a whole bag of crop mops, and they even give you this. So you can actually uh, use Manscaped to manscape your eyebrows and your toes. Huh? It's like the best. It is everything you need to appeal to your lady friend. So don't thank me. Thank yourself for going to manscaped.com, entering code QUICK, and getting your order at 20% off discount and free shipping. This brings me to Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley, my boy Tyron. And uh, Tyron is fighting Jake Paul, and I'm I'm not going to just hate on all the Pauls all day. I give credit to Jake Paul for stepping in there with, with, with Tyron. I give, I give a lot of credit to him. I think he has a lot of yes men around him who's built his confidence. And I think yeah. him getting in there and uh, fighting Tyron is hats off to him because this is definitely going to be his test. I don't see a way he can win. But if he does, I mean, it's, it's going to be the biggest, craziest thing in fighting. I mean, he might pass up Connor as far as being just an entity in a sport. Definitely not as good of a fighter, but an entity because if he beats Tyron, that would just be beyond a miracle. I think. I don't think he's ever going to get Connor respect no matter what. Not to the, not, not to the level of Connor's ability. See, the thing is he just takes it to a level above Connor. So he's more crazy. He's more vulgar. He attacks more people. Um, he, yes. he gets more attention. Uh, he, he gets more buzz. So he's better at shit talking and, and get creating buzz and marketing than Connor. Um, even though Connor, it's a close one because Connor is good at it. But the difference is Connor directs it very precisely to who he's fighting, and Connor's very fucking good. So Connor has confidence behind his shit talking because Connor's probably going to do what he says. And we've seen more, more often than not, he did do what he said. Um, whereas yeah. Jake Paul, that's, that's where he's the most crazy because he's doing all this and he's never fought a boxer and he's never fought a guy who even trains in boxing. He's only fought guys who've never trained in boxing, and, and that's how he's built. So that's why I say he's kind of a step above Connor is because he's built himself into one of the biggest faces in boxing, and he's never fought a guy who even trains in boxing, whereas Connor had to yeah. do it by actually getting in there and being a double champ and beating champions and beating great guys and, and actually backing it up when he goes and shit talks. So that's why I say he has the edge as far as shit talking and, and creating buzz. Um, and then this is going to be the ultimate test with, with uh, Tyron. And for him to think Tyron is a wrestler and doesn't have boxing experience, it's crazy, crazy. I even heard Big John McCarthy say on Weighing In, you know, like uh, Tyron's going to have to get in the boxing ring and, and work on his boxing because it's different in a boxing ring than it is in an MMA fight. But what, what I think maybe John doesn't understand is Tyron's put more time in boxing training and hitting pads by 20 times than Jake Paul. I mean, like, I, I was there years ago in Los Angeles with Arnold Chan, years ago when he was at Wildcard training every day in boxing. He was training in boxing, like, every day at Wildcard. Like, this was years ago. I mean, he came to Thailand yeah. multi multiple times, hitting the pads, doing nothing but punching and boxing in Thailand. He's vicious. He's got crazy, crazy power and crazy speed, great movement. He's crazy explosive, even at his age. He was just here not long ago. He's not, he's not what Jake Paul, I think, thinks. And I think all these yes men around him are going to be, he's going to be really mad at all those guys. So all those guys around him that are telling him he's going to beat Tyron, you got to understand that this is the fight world. When he loses to Tyron, which I think is what's going to happen, obviously, in a, in a very bad way, he's going to hate you guys. Like all you guys that are being yes men mm. around him right now, this is the way it works in fighting. He's going to blame you guys when he gets his ass beat and gets floored in the third round, which is what I'm predicting. Um, 
he's going to hate you guys for building his confidence and saying he can fight someone like Tyron. So you're the ones he's going to hate. And so be careful. Be careful, you guys out there that aren't in there fighting Tyron that's telling this guy that he's going to go in there and beat up a guy who's done more pad work, who's worked on boxing more, who's sparred more boxers, who's sparred more fighters, who's fought MMA to a, to a degree where he's a five-time UFC champion and a Hall of Famer, um, and he's been knocked out legitimately one time in his entire life. And mind you, when he got knocked out by Nate Marquardt uh, early in his career, that was a vicious knockout, and it was a combination. Like, he got hit with a vicious full-power elbow. Now, mind you, there's no pads on an elbow. That's pure bone across the face. That didn't even knock him out. He got hit with a follow-up elbow with the left side for Marquardt. That still didn't knock him out. So two vicious elbows, which is like getting hit with like two sticks in the side of the face, still didn't knock Tyron out. And then he caught a hook, which, which buckled him. And then as he was going down, like, like getting knocked down from the hook, he caught an uppercut. So he was going down with his chin, falling down as Marquardt came yeah. up with an uppercut. So that's the only way we've ever seen Tyron Woodley get knocked out. To think... Jake Paul is going to just throw an overhand and get lucky with a 10-ounce glove and Tyron's just going to fall down like Ben Askren, it would be a <laughs> fucking miracle. It would be something that would just – I would have to question everything about that entire fight at that stage and, and just the, the laws of the world if that happened. So he would have to beat Tyron at fighting. And how do you do that with a guy with 20-plus years of, of fight training versus a guy with two? Okay, now fair enough. And, um, you know, I've interviewed a bunch of guys. I've, Ty has been on the show. Tyron's been on my show. And, um, you know, at that point, he had been a five time UFC champion. Um, Carlos Condit comes to mind because I asked him, you know, of the three guys that you fought that have been on my show, who's the toughest? And he was like, Tyron Woodley by far. He's like, man, I lost to all three of them, but Tyron, he hits really hard. And, um, the thing is though, and I'm not saying like, like Tyron's great. And I think that he's a super badass. He's lost his last few fights. He's not training the same. He's, we're seeing kind of, um, like some, some different sides to him on social media. Is he as focused? Is he taking this seriously? Um, does he have the same striking abilities? He's a little bit older now. Or, or is there any doubt in your mind that Ty's got this? There's no doubts. And the reason is, is because I, I just seen Tyron train um, and train with him in Thailand not too long ago. And and we saw his last fight too. His last fight, um, I mean, he lost, but he fought, um, he fought Vincent. And Vincent's got like eight knockouts in the UFC. I mean, the guys put people out in one punch, just boom, flatline. And Tyron came out very aggressive, and, 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 and Vincent's a striker. He's very good at striking and four-ounce gloves. And he had Tyron hurt, but he didn't put him out. He didn't put him down. I mean, he, did, he, didn't, he didn't knock him out, but he had him hurt with, with quite a few shots. He t Tyron took quite a few punches from, from this guy with five-ounce gloves who's laid out people eight times in the UFC. And then he put him in a choke, and Tyron could have easily just gave up right then and there or just laid there if he was knocked out or hurt bad enough. And he fought out of it as hard as he could. I mean, he was still in the fight trying to fight out of it until it was just it was too late, and then the, the choke was too tight, and then he had to stop. So, I mean, even this guy couldn't put him out. To, to, to think that, that Jake Paul is better than all these guys with the 10-ounce right. glove on, I mean, I mean, it's – and the thing is, if, if, if he was fighting guys that were real strikers and doing this, knocking them out three, three in a row like that, then we can say something's behind it. 
but when he's fighting guys that, that are leaving themselves open and have never been hit before and have never dealt with this kind of stuff, it's kind of easy pickings, you know? It's like, it's, it's easy to kind of yeah. knock these guys out. In the bin fight, I, I'm still kind of not, not too, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say about that, but that, that looked weird to me. It looked weird to me. Now, Gabriel Rosado, the boxer, came on my show, and, you know, we're buds also, um, the boxer. Uh, he had trained with Ben Askren, but didn't tell me. And for some reason, it's like I knew it subconsciously, but I didn't know it, know it. So then when we did the interview, he's talking about how Ben's going to lose. And then all of YouTube was in an uproar about snake, snake. Like they're talking trash about Gabe. They're like, man, you trained with him. And now you're saying he's going to lose. And of course he told me some stuff like off air, but, but the thing is Ben's a wrestler, you know, and he's had some injuries. He had hip surgery. Like, as you know, hips matter. Yeah. Three months or something before he had hip surgery and he's retired and he's a wrestler who spent his whole career avoiding striking because he hates striking and he's not good at it. He's one of the worst strikers in the entire sport, <laughs> but he's one of the best fighters because he's so good at wrestling. So these right. guys are taking all these guys' tools away and leaving them with only yeah. striking. And Jake Paul has picked out only guys that have no striking yeah. experience. So, And then now he's stepping in there with a guy who has vicious striking, knockout power. I mean, like like vicious knockout power and can take a hell of a punch. It's a crazy fight for him, and, and you know, and I'm gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and hate on Jake Paul the whole time. I'll say that that he's got potential. Uh, unlike Logan, Logan needs to quit. Logan needs to do his podcast and go back because I like Logan better. I honestly do. I really like Logan. I think he's a genius. I think he's smart. I think he's well spoken. I think he's articulate, and I think that he talks trash, but he's very, um, he's very moral about it. I don't like the way Jake Paul talks trash, but I do respect his game. 100. And I think if I talk to Jake Paul outside, because uh, I know his business accolades in a normal setting, I'd be very impressed with him as well. And we'd probably get along fine. I think this is a show. I don't like him as a, his show. I don't like it. It's very disrespectful. Mm -hmm. And there's some unwritten rules in fighting. And he broke all of them. You know, you don't make fun of yes. people when you knock them out. You don't put memes of them laid out all over your living room floor, you know, and you don't do these things because everyone gets knocked out. We just saw Connor get knocked out. We just saw every fighter in the world that we know except Khabib get knocked out. Um, and, and it's going to happen to him. And he, he needs to realize that, like, you know, if he keeps fighting, it's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen to him probably this next fight. And it doesn't feel good when, when, when you get kicked when you're down in a fight when you lose by vicious knockout. And I think he was very, very disrespectful. We, this is something you don't do in martial arts and you don't do in fighting. Yeah. And this is why I lost respect for him. Even, even, even in a way where I don't even think Connor would be low enough to post memes of his guys knocked out in the living room floor piled up, you know, all this kind yeah. of stuff. Like Connor wouldn't even do something like that. And Connor's done some crazy ass shit. So it's like, I think, uh, I think he's asking for it and I think he's going to get it. And, uh, yeah, that, that's just my prediction on that. And, and no, I don't think there's any doubt that Tyron's going to lose his fight. In my opinion, I, I don't see how it can happen. I mean, how, how is he going to beat him? He's going to outfight him. It's impossible. He can't outfight him for the entire time. Um, is he going to knock him out? Very unlikely. I think his best shot, his best shot is, a, is a, if he does have just crazy Mike Tyson power and he just somehow lands on his chin, that's his only shot, but not likely. So then, all right, what happens after this fight? Jake gets knocked out potentially. Is his career as a boxer over? 
Let me tell you what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen, okay? So what happens with these guys that are amateur level? He's amateur level. He's beginner, right? He's yeah. he's, he's beat everyone up in his in, in the gym. He holds the video so nobody can show him, right? So that when he gets beat up or gets tagged, he it never gets out. Like when he mm-hmm. sparred with all these guys, you know, and, and stuff, he hides everything because he's insecure. So he knows and, and he's winning every, all of his fights in the gym, right? So what's going to happen is he's not going to he's not going to get used to getting his ass beat, getting beat up, getting knocked out, getting concussed, which all happens in training. And you learn eventually because nobody, including myself and everybody else, when you first get your ass beat in the gym or wherever, nobody just bounces back confident. You're you're scared as fuck. And and right. and it's happened to me. It's happened to every fighter, and it's going to happen to him. The problem is it's going to happen to him in a real fight right? Because he doesn't allow it to happen in the gym because he controls his gym training and he fights guys that he can beat up and he doesn't have people that's beating him up and putting him on the ground and knocking him out. Before some of my biggest knockouts in the UFC, and I've had some big knockouts in my career, nobody would ever believe, but I got the shit beat out of me almost every single sparring session in the entire camp. I can't think of one that I won, a single sparring session, because I'm going with Josh Koscheck, I'm going with uh, Jake Shields, I'm going with John Fitch, and we're doing round robin, which means they're coming in fresh every round, and I'm going three or four rounds with the fresh guy every round. I can't possibly go with three guys ranked higher than me when we're top five. For two years, we were top five uh, in the UFC. You know, I was obviously top one with with Dan Hardy when we fought to fight for GSP, the the, the title fight against GSP. Um, but be- before me, for the majority of the time, I was kind of below those guys, and it was Fitch, Koscheck, and Jake Shields above me, and then GSP was the leader, and and none of us could beat GSP. Um, so when I have three top five guys in the gym and they're going off on me, you know, the first round's with Fitch. Second round is with the fresh Jake Shields. Third round is with the fresh Koscheck. I can't win those, those rounds. I can't win those fights, but it teaches me to dig deep and it teaches me to push hard and it teaches me to do the things that, that, that you have to do as a fighter. So long story short, yeah. to answer your question, what's going to happen is if he gets knocked out in a fight, he's going to be insecure. He's going to he's going to contemplate whether he's a fighter or not. He's going to contemplate whether he has a weak chin or not. He's going to contemplate whether he wants to do it or not, especially if Tyron gets him tired and he starts questioning his 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 heart. Um, I don't know, we'll see. I'm not I'm not saying we can question it at this stage, but it's never been tested. He's only one fights very quick unless he's fighting very low-level guys. Um, and so being that it's happening in a fight it's going to change him as a fighter because it, it, he's not used to it. He, he hasn't allowed it to happen in the training room to where he got used to getting beat and picking himself back up and realizing, okay, I, like for me, like when I lose a round and I, and I get beat in training, I don't go home thinking I'm a shitty fighter and I don't go home thinking I'm gonna lose my fight. I go home thinking I had a shitty day and I know I can bounce mm-hmm. back the next day and I'm fine and I know the circumstance yeah. and I know that my body's fine and I can heal and I had a shitty day and I got beat up and that's it. So what? These guys are good. I'm not a bad fighter. I just got to come back and do better. He's not going to know that. He's not going to know that. He's just going to know he got flatlined and, 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 and destroyed by a fighter. So what's going to happen is now he's going to have to fight lesser qualified fighters than Tyron to try to make a comeback. But he's going to have all these questions in his head because he just got flatlined. And now these guys that are these uh, lower level other athletes or even maybe fighters on a lower level than Tyron are gonna be a lot harder to beat than the guys he's fought before. Because he went into those fights extremely confident because he goes through these camps and he beats up everybody. 
And all these yes men yes. are around him saying, you're the baddest motherfucker. You're so cool. You're the next Mike Tyson. You're killing everybody. And so he's going into these fights with confidence. And that's the difference when you see a guy become a champion, why he becomes so much better than, than just the fight before he was a champion. He didn't learn so much different between those two fights. When he became a champion, his confidence went through the roof. That confidence can carry you in a fight. And you can fight better and you can fight, uh, you know, you know, with, with so many more tools because of that confidence is strong. It's, it's one of the biggest things in a fight because your mentality is the most important thing. And I think uh, him getting knocked out to answer your question in this fight or getting beaten this fight is going to ruin his career. He's going to it's going to ruin his career. I, I have a feeling if he gets beat bad enough, we won't see him fight again. Because where's he going to go? I mean, what's he going to do? He's going to go down and he's going to fight someone less uh, qualified than Tyron. And he's going to have a harder fight than he would have before because he's insecure. He just got knocked out. And then the other guy is going to be confident yeah. because he just saw him get beat up by Tyron. And now he's going to have a hard fight and lose or barely win against a guy with way less credentials. So now, now, now he's on a downward spiral. Now, now he's not going up anymore. He's going down. So he's not understanding this. This is a career ending fight potentially for him. It's not, it's not like a, just a loss. He's not gonna. He, he's not gonna be different than every fighter and every person, include myself and everyone that I know at AKA, who's had some of the greatest fighters in the world, who's all came into the gym with little to no experience, and I saw them from day one all the way until they were world champions in the UFC. He's not gonna be different than every single one of these guys and bounce right back from a knockout and be confident and bounce right back from an ass kicking and be confident. He's gonna have to learn to bounce back. He's gonna have to learn. He's strong enough to keep going. He's going to have to learn that his chin is not as weak as, as maybe it showed because he just got a hard punch. And he's not having camps that are teaching him that. So I think this could mm -hmm. be, if Tyron does what I think he's going to do, uh, a fight that could potentially uh, end his career as a boxer and, and at least uh, start the downward spiral of it ending his career. Sorry for the long-winded answer. <laughs> uh, so I was talking to a buddy about it. Now, Ty, I guess, I guess Ty's, he wrapped up his contract with the UFC because yep. how else? Yeah. So then if he's, he's done with them, yeah, he, he, he fought his last fight and they didn't sign him, uh, for a new contract. Yeah. So he became a free agent. And so he was yeah. able to, to shop the market and it was just perfect timing. So the UFC has no control over him and he was just a completely free, free fighter. So, um, Oh, I was gonna. I know you just interviewed Dana, and I wanted to ask you something about. Um, and see, I'm gonna I'm, oh. gonna I'm gonna touch on that really fast because a lot of people saw that interview, and the headlines were what Dana said. That, Dana's so good. He told me what the headline was gonna be during the podcast, and it was it was the fact that he was talking shit about Tyron, and but Tyron he did predict to win. Mind you, I want to make this very clear. He wasn't talking shit about Tyron. He said Tyron's old, <laughs> and he wasn't the Tyron of before. He could have been talking about me the same, right? Khabib said one of the smartest things of any fighter I've ever heard. He said, you can never have two primes. It's impossible. You have one prime. And when it's over, it's over. Every fighter says, I'm going to be, I'm better than I've ever been. I'm stronger than, I'm, uh, than I've ever been. I'm going to fight harder than I've ever fought. Right. And they're 40, like I did when I was 37. No, you're not. You're not going to. He's not the tyrant of before, but it doesn't matter. He's still a great fighter and he is a legend. And in his prime, he was unstoppable, right? I mean, he was unbeatable and, and he was a five-time champ and a Hall of Famer. So it's, he, I'm not saying he's a bad fighter and neither did Dana. He just said he's not the fighter that he was before. 
But to fight someone yeah. like Jake Paul, you don't have to be. You don't have to be even close. He's 10, 15, 20 times better at, at his age, even if he wasn't training as hard as, as uh, like you were saying, if he was you know, still not taking it serious, which I think he's definitely taking it serious. I mean, this is the dream fight that I was hoping for Tyron. This is the fight where he had a, a, a bad run in the UFC. He was ending his career with that. And now he gets to fight a guy and make a ton of money in a huge mm-hmm. high-profile fight that's set up for him to win and look very good and be a hero because he's going to be – a lot of people want to see Jake Paul lose. And then and right. then it's like I hope he retires. And, and well, maybe rematch Jake again. I think he has an automatic, automatic rematch. And then retire. And then that way he retires on top. He makes a ton of money. He goes in there and he shows the difference of a real fighter versus a non-fighter at the stage, at least with Jake. And and then he gets to go on to, to, to pursue his passions, which is music and, and acting and stuff. Did I see correctly that he was offering to um, like winner takes all the entire purse, right? So like he'll give up his his winnings if if Jake wins and vice versa. But no, but then if Jake loses, he has to donate his winnings to Tyron's charity. No, it was opposite. And this is another way Jake is trying to. So first of all, Jake's not so confident in this fight, okay, first of all, because I don't think he's that stupid. Um, I think he's a lot smarter than he acts, even though he does have a lot of yes-men, which influence his opinion, and he trains very uh, strategically and um, in ways where he gets his confidence boosted in ways that they shouldn't be because of the way he, his trainers treat him, the way his sparring partners treat him, the way he trains. But the, the thing was, Jake Paul was just in a way of shit-talking and trying to, to – to, to put more pressure on Tyron because he's scared to death of this guy. Um, he asked Tyron that if he, if he um, loses the fight, he has to donate all of his money to Jake's charity. And if he wins Jake the- Jake has a charity. Yeah, and if he wins the fight, okay. then Jake will double his purse and give him double the money. So essentially what that means is, if you lose the fight, you get nothing. You just lose. If you win the fight, you get double. And mm-hmm. I don't think, Jake's in a position to have to, to, to sit there and, and, and then he uses it against him if he doesn't give him an, an instant answer saying you're not secure about your fighting abilities. Mm-hmm. Why, why would you fight for this is a this is a fight that Tyron needs to, to, to get ahead and to make money. And of course, he's going to win the fight, but you never know what can happen. And like, like, of course, why would you put extra pressure on yourself? He's trying to put pressure on him. What, what Tyron should have said, what Tyron should have said was, if you're so confident and you beat me, then when we do that rematch after you beat me, then why don't we do an MMA fight? So you beat me at your game, and then I will let you fight an MMA, and then we get a chance for you to beat me in my game. That's what I would have said because there's not a chance in hell Jake Paul, Logan Paul, or any of these guys would ever step into a real fight. Like, And I say a real fight because they, they call boxers fighters. They're not fighters. Boxers are boxers, right? A fight is not boxing. Boxing is punching, okay? It's a very... It's a very isolated martial art. It's like Taekwondo. They're not fighters. It's like uh, karate. They're not fighters, right? A fighter is somebody who can go in there and use every weapon, and then one man wins. It's human kinetic chess. That's fighting. These guys are boxers, okay? So when they say, I'm the best fighter or I'm a fighter, they're not fighters. And there's no chance Jake Paul would ever fight MMA, at least in the near future, or if he was smart. And right. neither I would mean, Logan Paul. that takes years of training, yeah. I mean, my God, I'm still learning. I'm, I'm training with Tyron. I have one of the biggest, I have the biggest sports combat uh, camp in the world in Thailand and have all these guys coming in 
and I'm still learning stuff from these guys. And I'm, yeah. and I'm, and I'm 41, you know, it's, and I've had a whole career in the UFC, tw you know, 20, uh, 15 fights in the UFC and, and 25 or six pro 21 amateur. So it's like, you, we're still learning. There's so many tools to use. And like, you know, like they're never, don't never do it, you know? So that's what I would have said if I was tired. I would have turned it back on him instantly and just said, okay, I tell you what, how about, you know, you beat me and, and you somehow get a win over me in boxing, then we rematch in MMA. And then, and then Jake yeah. would just shut the fuck up because he, he would never say yes to that. He would never right. say yes to that. Never. I agree with you. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. you guys i know everybody wants to go to thailand because thailand's so cool but you can't come to thailand without coming to aka thailand come on i want to go back to dana for one second because um i don't know if y'all picked up on this but i'm noticing a shift in how dana's talking about jake paul in the beginning it was like f that twerp you know, and now it's a little bit more respectful, like he's earned. And one thing I know about Dana, one thing he said to me personally, he's like, you know, I love people who effing go for it, you know? So I think that somehow, despite all of the dirty shit talking, which I too have a problem with, um, Jake Paul has managed to earn Dana White's respect. Absolutely. But in the business way. So Dana knows he's not a fighter yet. Okay, Dana, but Dana does right. agree that he has potential. I mean, he does. He has, he has potential, but he's on a low level, right? And he can't fight guys on his level because they're not famous enough and they're not going to pay enough. So he's got to fight right. celebrities or he's got to fight real fighters, which is what he's going to do next. Um, yeah. But if he was fighting on, on his own level and he was fighting guys that were 3-0 and or whatever, he'd have a tough fight. It'd be tough fighting guys that are 3-0 and in boxing, to be honest, 4-0 and in boxing. But he would do okay. I mean, he would look okay from what we've seen so far. We haven't seen much. He does have potential and he trains hard. So I think Dana respects his potential, um, but not him as a fighter now. He hasn't proved it yet. You got to fight a fighter to be a fighter. Uh, or not, I keep saying fighter, a boxer, whatever you want to call it. In sports combat, yeah. if you're going to be a sports combat athlete, I don't think you can become a legitimate athlete in sports combat until you fight one. And until you beat one, yeah. he hasn't beat someone on, with his rule set that trains in his rule set. You know, he beat an MMA mm -hmm. fighter who doesn't strike at all and is one of the worst strikers in the sport because he was so good at everything else. And then he took all Poor those man. tools. Then he took all those. <laughs> he took all those tools away and then made him box yeah. a thing that he's never done while he's sitting on the porch with his wife, retired, trading bit Bitcoin, you know, throwing frisbees in his backyard, hip replacement surgery three months ago, and not training, not in shape. So, I mean, like he hasn't, he hasn't fought a real fighter or a real boxer yet. 
And so Dana respects his potential if he continues, but more than anything, Dana respects his game because Dana's a big fan of entertainment and building fights, and there's nobody that's done it except Connor to this level. And I think Jake might be even, you know, more crazy and more absurd and create more buzz than Connor. Connor's the king for sure because Connor can back it up. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know because there is a love for Connor. People like ride for that man. With Jake, it's kind of like that love to hate him phenomenon. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, I don't know that that sells tickets as much as writing for someone, right? I mean, people want to see him lose, so yeah, it does sell tickets. But the thing is, he's not a biggest, a big enough star yet. He's not as big as Connor. Connor has a bigger following, and there's nobody that can sell out an arena and and put pay per view numbers up like Connor. If you look at the top ten pay per views of all time in combat sports, Connor's like six of them or something like that, mm -hmm. and that's two sports: boxing and an MMA. So there's nobody that puts the numbers up that, that, that Connor has. Um, and that's why I said if Jake Paul somehow manages to beat a real fighter like Tyron, which I think is zero chance, but if he does, he can start getting into the realm of Connor as far as hype. He'll never be as good of a fighter as Connor. You can't be as good of a fighter as, 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 as Tyron. Uh, like even if he beats Tyron in some miracle way, he's not a better fighter than Tyron even if he wins. There's just no way. Right. You can't be better at something if you've only trained two years and they've trained their whole life in combat sports. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't just, you, you can't skip and you can't buy success. You can't be given success in, in certain sports and, and career paths. You have to earn it. And, and like, you know, he's only put two years in, you can only do so much. So, you know, he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of work. I don't know, Mike, he's kind of buying it. And, and that's another thing that I know um, you wanted to touch on is the whole like, concept of being able to bypass all of like the paying your dues aspect right. that all of these UFC fighters have had to um and end up like literally cherry picking your fights like the Pauls are in, in a great position you know they're picking basketball players wrestlers you know what I mean like they're Somehow we live in a world where if you have enough influence as a result of doing silly things on the internet, then you can manufacture a successful career. And on one hand, I agree with you and Dana that, you know, I respect the hustle and I think it's, it's kind of amazing to watch. But on the other hand, um, since I've spent so much time, uh, invested in interviewing these UFC guys, developing relationships with them, understanding who they are and what drives them and, and like encourages them to wake up every day and do two or three workouts a day just so that they can compete three times a year. I mean, like their whole lives revolve around training so that, you know, this is like their career and, and, um, you know, like, to get a black belt in jujitsu, for example, in five years is considered fast. Yeah. You know, so fast. like all of the investment in training and whatever, it's just, I feel for these guys at yeah. the end of the day. And I know that the entire UFC community is like wanting to take Jake Paul down. You know, they're like, can you just like knock him out already? We want to be done with this guy. Cause it's hard to watch him come and 
take the spotlight when they've had to work so hard to get there. I mean, like every single one of the guys I interview, I ask, all right, so tell me, how'd you make it into the UFC? Whether it was through, you know, contender series or tough or, you know, another promotion or, you know, last minute uh, weeks notice fight type thing. It was still one of the best moments of their lives to get that call, you know, and then this yeah. guy's bypassing it all. I don't know. It just it kind of breaks my heart. Well, yeah, but he, now he's got a now he's got a real fight. So now 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 he's not bypassing anymore, which is why I have respect for him. You know, and and, and if he if he swallowed his pride and and here's the thing, he cares about money and fame more than fighting and more than uh, these things that he says he has passion for, right? We as fighters were fighters. Yeah, we, we cared about fighting. We didn't give a shit about the money. We didn't give a shit about the fame. And that's why we had successful careers. He cares about the money only. Otherwise, he would decide to be a boxer like Mickey Rourke did, right? And then he would go in there and then he would fight boxers and make less money, but build himself up the right way, fight guys that he should be fighting, and then try and make it as a boxer. And he would propel faster because he's a big star and he'd make more money than he would if he was fighting those guys, if he wasn't a big name. But he, I would have all the respect in the world for him if he did that and tried to make a legitimate name for himself as a boxer and be a legit boxer. But he's not in it for boxing. He's not in it for competition. He's not in it to win fights against guys yeah. on his level. He's in it for the money and he's in it for the fame. And that's why he's going to lose and not be successful because you have to have passion about what you're doing to be successful at it. Yeah. You can only go so far. He can't just keep doing this for, for 20 fights. He's not going to be undefeated in 20 fights by handpicking fights and getting lucky and beating if he beats Tyron or whatever and just gets crazy lucky or whatever. He's not going to be able to do that forever. It's, it's going to come to a stop. It's going to come down to what you're passionate about. And every successful person that, that I know, they were successful because they were passionate about their job, not about what comes from their job. And then, and then yeah. later they got the things that came from their job and became successful. So I think that's his downfall. And I think that's what's going to hurt him in the end. And he's going to run into that wall and it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt because it's fun to talk about people and kick them when they're down and make fun of guys that are just nice guys like basketball players and YouTubers and stuff like that that just get knocked out. And then you embarrass the shit out of them by putting their photos all over your Instagram and making memes and doing all this. It's fun to do all that yeah. until you're the guy that takes second place in fighting and you get flatlined and 30 million people are making memes about you. And you have to sit there and everywhere you look, you can't avoid seeing yourself getting knocked out. He's going he's gonna to have some depression from that. I'm telling you straight up. I've been depressed after every loss, and I had passion about fighting, and I had been beat up multiple times in the gym, and I had dealt with adversary and, and getting beat and, yeah. and losses my whole life and stumbling and falling, and, and I was still depressed. How do you think that guy's going to handle it? You know, how, how do you think he's going to handle that? I think he's kind of – look, I agree with you, but the guy's successful on social media, and he – he generates so much hate through, you know, in order to create traction for himself that I think he's actually kind of okay um, with like the hate that's going to come his way, but because he's already getting it, you know, look, I would love to see this guy be more respectful. That's kind of all I want. You know, I'm not bashing his career and, um, you know, like fair enough, you managed to build something that very few people have access to like good for you from a business perspective but damn stop taking cheap shots you know i don't like it 
It's going to happen now because the, the Tom is going to humble him. And, and this is the thing, just like Khabib did with Connor. When you talk shit before a fight and, and, and you talk so much shit before a fight and, and you yeah. use everything in your arsenal to try to, 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 to say you're going to beat this guy's ass in every way possible and, and be as, as, as obnoxious as you can. And then you quit because you get choked out and you get humbled. Like you just get completely humbled in the fight. It changes you. Conor McGregor hasn't been the same since. Conor fought Cowboy and was as nice and respectful as you could possibly be. Then he went into a fight yeah. with Dustin, who he could have easily been yeah. obnoxious with because he knocked Dustin out in the first round and he wanted to sell the fight, right? He wants to make money and gets and sells pay-per-views. And he couldn't have been nicer in that fight. He hasn't talked shit since Khabib humbled him. And, and so what is, what is, what is Jake going to do? If Jake goes and gets absolutely embarrassed, People, if he starts talking shit in his next fight and he's going he's gonna to murder this guy and beat him up and knock him out, people are going to be like, yo, dude, I don't believe a fucking thing you're saying. You just got the shit beat out of you. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to take, take away. So if you want him to be more humble, when are they, when are they fighting again? Was it like two months from now? Give him two months. Yeah. Give him two months and you'll see, you'll see a more humble Jake Paul for sure. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you talk about Connor being humbled. I My heart broke for him a little bit after the, uh, his loss to Dustin only because like I watched all of the post fight interviews and he, it was just like deflating a balloon, you know, like you see him and he's just melancholy. And like, I, I just like it, my heart hurt for him because we love seeing charismatic, pumped up chest pumping connor you yeah, know and then it. to see him like that was like hard it was hard for me to watch i hated it i love the show i, I love the show yeah. <laughs> that connor puts on before the fight as much as the fight i, I love it i love what, hearing him talk the shit and and do his thing and that's what makes it... he's like he's clever he's charismatic yeah. he's like funny um and he's also kind of sweet sometimes you know so like there's that likability aspect to him it's just, it's very different. It's kind of like one of the, like, like you got it or you don't, yeah. you know, you can't manufacture that. Well, I mean, that's obviously kind of a headline too. What, what do you think is going to happen in that fight? I, I think that uh, whether he wins or loses, I think he's going to put on a, a better fight than he did last time. I honestly do. And I think it's going to be a lot closer. And I think he's going to have a way better performance, in my opinion, against Dustin than he did the, the last time. I agree with that 100%. Um, I can't predict the outcome, but I see that they're both working really hard. Yeah. They're bo they both want this very much. So like however much they wanted it before, you know, Dustin really wanted it. They're, they're really in it this time. And I think that, you know, listen, Connor is a mogul, right? He, he's got businesses that are working for him in his sleep. So I think that it kind of like, he relaxed a little bit, you know, before his last fight. And now, um, you know, he had his wake up call and he was like, shit, I don't, I didn't like that feeling. I don't want to do that again. And so I think, I think old Connor's coming back and he's kicking it into high gear. So like, like you said, I think it's going to be more entertaining to say the least. And he's proven he's passionate, right? I mean, he's, he's the number one paid athlete in the last 12 months on Forbes list right now. Crazy. He's be beating Ronaldo and, and Messi, right? Of course it has to do, of course it has to do with his cell of uh, proper 12. But the thing is, is like, he, he doesn't need to fight. You know, we've heard people say that before. He really honestly doesn't need to fight. The last thing he needs to do is go into a cage and fight a guy as tough and as hard to fight as Dustin. 
for yeah. a fraction of the money that he can care less about because he's going to lose half of it in taxes anyway. It's nothing to him. That that shows you and why I respect him so much and have gained so much more respect for him that he's passionate about fighting and he's a real fighter because he could have very easily not fought Dustin again right now and taken the Jake Paul fight instead of Tyron. Um, Jake Paul was calling him out for $50 million to fight him before he ever signed to fight Poirier again. And he still yeah. never even, I don't think, responded to my, in my opinion, very little, if anything, to Jake Paul and has taken the fight with Poirier. That says a lot because he's not going to make the same money with Poirier as he would have fought and made with Jake Paul. And he would have beat Jake Paul uh, easier. But that just shows you right there. He's not in it for the bullshit. He's in it for real fights. And uh, he, he fought Mayweather for it to be a real fight. He fought Mayweather because he's the best in a real pro yeah. boxing fight, not an exhibition. And he fought him to, to, to try and beat the best fighter in the world, not not as a gimmick. And and now he's fighting Dustin Poirier, who I think is one of the best fighters in the world. Uh, and, and he had other options. And I think uh, that says a lot. And I think he's motivated as shit to beat Dustin. And when he was motivated the first, first time, you know, and he's a very strong starter, he did very well. And I think this last time, like you said, we didn't see the same Connor. We saw Connor with his baby all the time. We saw Connor shaking hands all the time and smiling and looking f somehow 10 years older than he looked in his previous fight. Like he gained like 10 years the way he looks. I mean, it's weird. Um, wow, yeah. We saw a different Connor. And, and I, was, I was scared from the second we first saw him until the fight because like i'm like this isn't connor this is like some other guy mm -hmm. and then that's and then he got knocked out even though he did have a decent fight he got knocked out but i think this time i think he's motivated and he's hungry and he didn't like getting knocked out and and i think we're gonna see a hell of a good fight this time all right so now would connor's businesses do as well if he wasn't still very much present in the UFC community. And I ask this because did that perhaps force his hand to accept the Dustin fight over the Jake Paul fight? You know, cause that's kind of like, I mean, not to be disrespectful, it's like a kind of a joke, right? When you can headline, you know, and fill a huge room full of people and sell a million tickets and whatever, whatever, right? So I don't know, part of me feels like he's a fighter but he didn't have a choice to because he'd be considered a sellout if he went for the jake paul fight i think he might have you know and that could be that's legitimate uh argument there um you know he doesn't have any more big businesses now we'll never see i don't think in my opinion connor on the number one spot of forbes again you know it's because he sold proper 12 and he, he sold that business now. So now he only has Connor Fast and small stuff and sponsors. N nothing's going to make him $150 million in a single day. Um, right. But he's definitely going to be doing well for the rest of his life. And, and, and I think, I don't know his business accolades, but I think as a business person, in my opinion, because he trains so much and he is as good as he is, I think he has the right business people around him because he's got so much money. I think he's mm -hmm. less as good of a business person as a successful person who finds the right people or who found him and they right. run his businesses. He, he's not a guy who sits and does business like I do all day, you know, you know, working deals, you know, having meetings and doing stuff like that. He can't possibly do that and still be a fighter. Um, so I think that the, the money and, and getting the right people and, and but I will say this which is just as important, I think, in some aspects, though he might not be as good of a business person as he is 
having the money and the right people, he is an expert marketer. And I think that Proper 12 wouldn't have sold and been as big as it was with him not being in the helm marketing himself and that mm -hmm. brand. I think he is an absolute expert in that regard. And that's something I think he's passionate about marketing and, and he can do that alongside fighting and not take as much time because it's just every second he's not fighting is he's talking about his brands and about marketing mm -hmm. this Connor fast and proper 12, whatever. And he's just a genius at that. So I'll give him credit for that. I think he's a, a genius marketer to say the least and business. I just don't know. I just assume probably not a, you know, a savage business guy, but definitely a guy who has the right people like Floyd. I think Floyd's not a savage business guy either, yeah. but he's got the best guys around him and he set himself up to be the highest paid athlete, per his sport than any sport in the world. He's the only athlete in the world that's made over a billion dollars from actual sports, not from sponsors. No other athlete on earth has ever made a billion dollars from their actual sport. They've only made up to a right. billion dollars or more from their sport plus mostly sponsors that paid more than that. So Floyd has the best business model on the market for a fighter, not even on the market, but just, just in general for a fighter. And I don't know who set that up and how it started and how it came about, but he, he definitely, and he proved it again tonight. He got me to pay 50 bucks for a fight I was just pissed off at the entire time because <laughs> I saw him just not finishing or taking it easy. Sucker. Yeah, I was total <laughs> suck. I'll never, ever pay for another Floyd fight or a Logan fight. But, yeah, he should have he worked for it, you know, for that kind of money. So I think uh, what those two have in common is that they're natural influencers. You know, before we came up with this term on social media, they just, they got it. You know, they have right. the ability to influence, to drive people in a certain direction because they are, um, they come off genuine and they are um, convincing, they're charismatic, you know. But one thing I do, I want to give props to my buddy, Mike Swick over here. You're also, you're very good with business. Like I remember just learning about your story and while you're fighting, you're investing money in your print shop and like you're like you're you're rolling one business into another into another. And you have, you know, this huge compound of AKA and then you have your extension right now that you're building and developing. And then hold on, guys, if there's a pandemic going on. What does Mike do? Does he sit on his hands? No, he decides that he's going to kick his podcast into high gear. And I have like the behind the scenes info. And I know that you're doing very well. And it's great to see. Thank I you. love to see, you know, guys in this industry and my friends, especially like just killing it, going for it and making the most. And like one thing about you Sometimes I want to strangle you because your work ethic is so like, go, go, go. You're yeah. like, let's go. And you're like, you guys, he yells at me sometimes. Yeah, and he's I like, come on, you. Jenna, do you want it? Go for it. Come on. You got to get it. You got to wake up early. You got to da, 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 you know? When have I ever, <laughs> but, when have I ever let you tell me no and, and let you just stick with that about anything? Like I, I you don't, I you don't. do not take no for an answer, mm. Mike Swick. No, no, you don't. And I admire that about you. Of course, I don't always love being on the receiving end of it, but <laughs> You are uh, great with business, and I admire that about you. So yeah, thank you props. so much. And you're doing great too. I mean, you're fantastic with your podcast. H how has it been? Um, just getting on, uh, to you a little bit here. How has it been having a podcast and talking to such great fighters, and not just being a fan and watching them fight, but actually having them? It's cool, right, to sit down and be able to have a conversation with these guys that, like, you see on TV. And I mean, I, I'm a fighter, a career fighter, and I still enjoy and I'm excited to talk to these guys that are doing so good and 
and and having yeah. these podcasts and, and and doing these interviews how is it for you and and what are some of your favorite podcasts that you've done so far so i love it now i came into this blind as i mentioned earlier you know like i wasn't a fan of the sport before i started doing the interview so i had to kind of play catch up and at first it was a little bit forced because it was like so much to learn and, and i'm hearing the commentators and they're like mentioning certain techniques and right. moves and i'm like well, what is that and i'm not following at all yeah. and and I'm, I'm frustrated. And then, you know, the more you watch, the more you start to kind of understand the lingo and then you understand the players and then they start to repeat themselves. And then you pick up on cycles and you see that, you know, when someone wins, they kind of get hyped up for a few weeks and then they're no longer. And so you, as a journalist, you kind of figure out like when to get them. And so for me, like everything you see in the background, these are all signed from my past guests. And this is like, I treasure this, you know, like I have Uriah Hall, Bryce Mitchell, that's um, Frank Shamrock's third UFC championship belt hanging in my studio. Like how cool is that? You know, so it's cool. Like I'm good buzz with Uriah Hall. And it's like, I think that's probably the closest um, understanding I'll have to what a fighter goes through. Cause I'll see that he trains really hard and he's exhausted and, you know, it's like the diet, the training, the mood swings, the just like not wanting to people please, which is completely understandable. And then, you know, like so much pressure during fight week and especially if you're headlining and, um, you know, media, so many people wanting your attention and blowing up your phone and wanting something from you, right? And then you fight and whether you win or lose, I mean, the outcome is kind of similar, but you're still getting blown up. But then a lot of, a lot of fighters talk about putting their phones down after they fight, you know, if they win, it's amazing. They're popping bottles and they, they kind of appreciate it. But if they lose, it's like fetal position for three days and they just don't want to face the reality because they know that there's so much hate out there and yeah. it sucks. So it's been pretty cool getting to know the men behind the fighter and the women too. And, um, yeah, I love it. And now that I've started boxing, I mean, now that I've started, you know, hitting myths, <laughs> like I just, I develop, um, more of a love and respect for all of it that you guys put in. Yeah. So I'm enjoying it. Um, I took a little bit of a break because, uh, you know, I moved and then Dash Radio cut the talk station and they're moving me to one of the hip hop stations. So we're kind of figuring out how that's going to work because it's a music station. So like yeah. timing, you know, all of that. But um, I do have my friend Mike in my ear saying, don't take breaks. Go, go, go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> it's so you know, true. I have some cool stuff in the works. But, yeah, it's all good. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you're going to the events too now. So now that you have credentials and stuff like that, how cool is it going to the events? And I'm going to start actually when the pandemic's over, going to the major events uh, and doing, doing first of all, enjoying the event because I, I miss going to UFCs and I've been stuck here for 17 months. Um, but I want to go and like do some interviews as well just for the show and do some like uh, podcasts live like at the uh, pressers and stuff like that. So how is it? Yeah. How, how is it for you as a, as a fan and a podcast host? being able to finally go and, and meet these fighters and backstage and see how like reachable they are. And, and, and unlike other sports where you can just go up to your favorite fighters and say hi and get a handshake yeah. and a, a hug or whatever and get an autograph and, and have a decent conversation. A lot of these fighters just didn't talk to you and actually have a conversation with you. So um, I haven't been since COVID. I went prior to and the media day 
guys. It's like a regular room and it's just, you know, like one side of the room. Uh, it depends on if they have both corners. Sometimes they'll do like red corner and then blue corner. But basically it's just a chair with, you know, you see like their, their sign with the name on it. And we go and stand in line and wait for the opportunity to speak to them. Now that COVID's happened, I don't know that interviewing will ever be the same. I mean, maybe once a state fully opens up, I'm hoping we can go back to those. But, um, you know, it's just chaos. It's chaos for an hour and a half, two hours at media day, but it's cool. And depending on the questions you ask, I mean, obviously like a female coming in, I think I'm going to get a little bit of a different reception. Um, but it's cool because I can hype them up and I ask some silly questions. Yeah. Like I've asked the guys, um, what their spirit animal was. And then after they tell me, I'm like, all right, cool. So you walk into the cage and you're a lion make the sound a lion would make in the cage. And I literally make them roar on camera, you know? So it kind of loosens them up and I'll ask about dating and, you know, so yeah, it's fun. It's very I'm going to give you some insight, a little, a little fun fact for you. When you go to the media days and you see the fighters, so what happens is during the media day, the fighters sit in chairs, if this still happens. I mean, it's been a while since I've done this. Uh, the fighters sit in chairs and they're, and they're in a room and they all have chairs and then they have a sign beside them that says their name. And, mm -hmm. and then the media can just come in, like have access to the room and they can go talk to whoever fighter they want and, and do interviews. Yeah. Some fun fact for you what the fighters are thinking when they're inside that room and they're sitting on that chair is please come talk to me. So make sure and talk yes. to everybody. Cause when I'm sitting in that chair, like as I was coming up in the UFC, the bigger I got, the more people would come and talk to me. And I'd have like the, the cameras around me and the lights and everything. There's nothing worse than when you're sitting in that chair and nobody's <laughs> talking to you and everybody's talking to the main event and to the co-main event and to the other big stars. And you're just sitting there and you don't know what to do. Cause you're just like embarrassed and you're like, fuck, like uh, you pull out your phone and you're like, oh, I'm just going to text on my phone. And then you've probably seen at the prelims and some of the, the lesser known fighter, not the prelims, but the lesser known fighters in the main card, they'll be sitting there with no interviewers for a while and, or maybe just one little one or something. So just a fun fact for you guys out there and for you, what's going through the fighters minds usually is like, please everybody come talk to me. So I don't look embarrassed. Like nobody cares. <laughs> that's that's no, what was going through I've, my mind. I've noticed that. And I've definitely taken mercy on a couple of people who I knew I was not really going to use the footage for, yeah. especially when Good Dash sent me out there to get footage for, for their UFC station. Um, and, so, and then like, you know, the real, the real shitty part, honestly, is uh, the people who don't speak English. Well, Nobody wants yeah. those interviews. It's Media tough. day, they're like, you know, unless they're really big and they have their translator. But for someone like me, it does it doesn't really work for my content. So I feel for those guys. But trust me, I've 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 put in time just to like be cool and whatever and be respectful. Like they work so hard to get to that point, you know. What's well, awesome, and uh, and and I know you're coming back and you're going to relaunch and start getting more busy. And if not, I will be on your ass telling you to be more busy every day, like always. Um, so you're definitely going to be getting more busy either way. And I look forward to your shows and in your future and, and all the, the success that you're going to have because you have a great podcast and your interview style is fantastic. Um, Thank you. And yeah, and I'm trying to get this guy on my show right now. Can you see this? Mm, Francis has been on my show. And he hasn't been on my show, and I'm trying to get him on my show next or coming up soon. And this is a, this is actually a pencil 
drawing of Nganu done by a guy that works for me, believe it or not, named Evan Showman. Shout out to Evan Showman. He's a fantastic artist. So this is going to be my, like, try to make Francis like me from the beginning because I don't really know Francis that well, to be honest. I knew him kind of in the beginning of his career, um, but not since he became the big star. So I'm working to get him when he comes back from uh, Cameroon or whatever. He's there right now, I think. But uh, I'm looking to have him on the show, and you already had him on the show. You've had a few people that I want on the show. And I think people respond to you a little bit better, especially the people that I don't know and I've never not talked to before. Um and I don't really have connections for, so you got that going for you. So I might have to get you to help help book me some guests because I, I think nobody's going to like ignore your messages for some reason. I think uh, I think you have a pretty high success rate of, of message answering. I have a high success rate, but don't be fooled. This girl works for it too, you know? It's tough. It's tough, right? It's tough though. It's, it's tough. And then... Fighters don't want to do podcasts, most of them. I have been ghosted before too. Yeah. I've literally gone through the motions of like getting them to say yes and then scheduling them, doing the follow-up, getting all glam. You guys think I wake up like this? Yeah. No. So getting all cute, setting up the studio, right? And then right. <laughs> and then have and then being like, okay, I'm ready for you, and having like crickets. Yeah. So it's it's not, you know, it's not always easy, but just it, like anything like you were talking about rolling with the punches and dealing with like loss and failure like Jake Paul you just dust yourself yeah. off and and you move on to the next one well awesome it's great to finally have you on and uh it's been a great conversation i think a lot of people is going to tune into your show i think they should and they're crazy if they don't um we have similar mm -hmm. styles in regard to the fact that we're not bullshit journalists that that are clickbait happy uh, you know, asking the same dumb questions off their notes. This is what I hate the worst is is when they introduce the fighter. Like I, I seen I seen a guy. They had Habib on the show, and I'm not gonna say his name, but he he had Habib on the show, and Habib was on Skype just sitting there, and the guy introduced the entire show while Habib just stood there and like on Skype as if like Habib has nothing better to do than waste two and a half minutes of an introduction to this guy's show just sitting there while this guy gives all the accolades of a guy you don't need to give accolades for uh, and introducing the show and what's coming up and all this and the other instead of like just filming that before the show and then just having yeah. him come on, you know? But anyway, long story short, uh, your interview style and your podcast is fantastic. It's like mine, but different in a way that we get uh, people to open up and talk. Uh, and you can see sides of them that you'll never, ever see from a journalist. And you'll never be able to talk. Journalists will never be able to talk to fighters the way we do. And um, I got that a lot with the Dana interviews as well because we're friends and we talk in a way that he'll never talk to journalists. And so I, I, me and Dana yeah. have a great relationship and we have a, a really cool podcast when we when we get together. So um, everybody, please go to Jenna Ben the Jenna Ben show on YouTube and subscribe, help build her channel. Go to the, uh, the Jenna Ben show on Instagram. Um, she's going to hustle like nobody's business because I'm going to stay on top <laughs> of her, but I don't even have to. She hustles anyway. She's uh she's a hustler and built up a hell of a show so far. And so thank you again for being on the show. Uh, it's been a pleasure seeing you talking to you again. Uh, and I'll be in LA uh, here in another month or so. Anyway, we'll catch up and uh, oh, nice. thanks for doing the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, this has been fun. We'll do it again. And guys, you can find me at the Jenevenge Show on Instagram and YouTube. Um, I did just start monetizing my channel, and I am at three dollars and eighty nine cents. Okay, nice. so don't say this girl doesn't hustle. That's right. <laughs> well, then you can take me out to lunch when we go to when I come to LA. 
Yeah, I'll take you to McDonald's. You should have a good six bucks by then, and then uh, and then we could. <laughs> I can supersize. I hate you. <laughs> nah, you're gonna do great. You're gonna do fantastic. You just started monetizing. You're gonna be great, and uh, I'll I'll share any knowledge I have just to help you. And I've been, I've had to learn the hard way, ups and downs for many years doing this as well. So you know what though? Final note. One thing about you, Mike Swift. You set your mind to this. You shifted gears with your team and you got them to figure this stuff out, you know, like this, like your weaknesses, you brought your team in. And like, that's what a true entrepreneur does. It's, you know, they acknowledge, I may not know everything, but I know people who do and you put them in the right places and you're doing very well now and you're disciplined, which I think is the key. So again, props to you. This was fun. And yes, I know I'll be getting, um, tutorials in my messages shortly. <laughs> For sure. And thank you. And you know, the thing is, is like, it, it, you know, ironically enough, and as interesting as it is, people tend to see their positives a little bit more than their negatives. It's tough to, uh, it's tough to critique yourself. So you need to bring in the right people that will, that, that you, you make tell you what you're doing wrong and work on it because it's, you know, everyone thinks they're perfect and they do everything right. So you, you got to have people. So that's what that's why I had to do what I had to do to make sure that I can keep improving. So we we analyze every I don't I don't even watch the podcast, to be honest, but we have people that mm-hmm. analyze uh, every podcast and just make sure what I'm doing wrong, you know, and this one they're going to say, I can already tell you that I ramble on too much. And, uh, you know, I, I, I say my, <laughs> when I say goodbye to a, uh, to a guest, I, it takes me like 40 minutes to say goodbye. Um, but th- they, they correct the things that they think are wrong and we fix it. And I think, and you're going to be doing the same thing. So I think, uh, yeah, I think that's a smart thing for everybody to do. And I appreciate you acknowledging that and, uh, and, and giving me props and all the props you've given me. I appreciate always. Always well deserved. Okay, I'm gonna end the show now because then uh, okay. they're gonna be on me about this. <laughs> but anyway, hey, it's been great talking to you. I'll have you on again for sure, um, and then I'll come on your show as well too here, uh, hopefully in the future. And uh, and we'll catch up when I come to LA. And uh, thank you again for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bye, guys. Real quick.